Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is March 10th, 2023, Anno Domini. Exclusive story here at Human Events. Thousands of hours of January 6th footage is set to be released. Next, China brokering a peace deal between Saudi Arabia and Iran. What does this mean for the U.S. dollar? And finally, a conservative Catholic group spent $4 million dollars outing priests who use gay hookup apps. This is the way. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. I want to take a second to remind you to sign up for the Poso Daily Brief. It is completely free. It'll be one email that's sent to you every day. You can stop the endless scrolling, trying to find out what's going on in your world. We will have this delivered directly to you, totally for free. Go to humanevents.com slash Poso. Sign up today. It's called the Poso Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You will not regret it. Humanevents.com slash Poso. Totally free. The Poso Daily Brief. Arguably the biggest story of the year so far, and the the media who are all lined up outside this room right now <laughs> trying to get a question with you, uh, the established media are freaking out about this. Your decision to release the January 6th surveillance tapes here from the Capitol to Tucker Carlson. Uh, can you tell us why you made that decision? What was the thinking behind it? What do you think it showed? Well, this is all about transparency, and it won't just be to Tucker. Like any news organization, different people get exclusives. We watched during the January 6th CNN would have exclusives all the time, and nobody complained. CNN actually got to be in the, the Statuary Hall for a whole hour for their own show. You've watched that January 6th would release only certain tapes. I think it's better for transparency that anyone can make their own decision up. And as we walk through, these, these are many more hours of tapes than the January 6th committee told us. It's not 14,000, it's 42,000 hours. We want to make sure for security purposes, or certain accents aren't shown in others. But you know the most interesting thing, when I sat down, when I had the team talk to the Capitol Police about making sure they had no problems with the exit is showing, they said January 6th never asked them that. They showed the exit of the Vice President. They showed the exit from my office. They literally had then Speaker Pelosi's daughter showing the secure location that they take the leadership. That's not supposed to be known to anybody. And CNN reported it. And I don't remember the press ever getting upset with that. So here's the deal. And I've heard this directly from people close to the speaker's office. This footage is coming out. Now, what they're doing is, as he mentioned there, the security review. And it isn't just 14,000 hours. It's 42,000 hours. And that the massive trove of it is going to be released and it will be released publicly and it'll be released in such a way that people are able, as I think this is what everybody wanted, right? What everybody wanted was one massive trove of this, not a little bit here and not a little bit there, a bit from one case, a bit from another case, the drips and drabs, the drip, drip, drip. It's not going to be a drip, drip, drip. It's gone. There's going to be a massive release of January 6 tapes and it will come out Everybody will be able to go through it. The weaponized autism will be able to go through it. Defendants will be able to go through it. And in fact, people that are interested in looking at this from the perspective of asking, are there any federal agents or federal informants, federal assets in this crowd will also be able to go through it? Everyone. And when I mentioned, I said this on Tim Pool last night, 
And I said, I think everyone's going to be happy. That's what I meant. This is going to be an ability for everyone to take a crack at this thing. Because at the end of the day, that's what we all want. We know that there were, what, 75 to 100 people that got violent that day. It was hooliganism. We get it. Nobody's making that argument. Our argument is about the hundreds of people, possibly a thousand people that did not commit any violence, that walked in to doors that were open to them. People who were let in, people who were escorted in like Jacob Chansley. How does that guy not get a pardon after all this? Why is he even in jail? Time served, get him out of there, commute a sentence. This is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And the big lie, the actual big lie, was that it was an insurrection. It wasn't. And it wasn't deadly. Brian Sicknick, they've got the footage of him walking around. Remember, he was bludgeoned to death by a fire extinguisher. That's what we were all told. And guess what? This Sunday special, and I am still doing my digital fast, just so you know. But this Sunday special this week that we are going to have, it's going to be myself. Darren Beatty, and we are going to go through everything, soup to nuts, on January 6th, from start to finish, all the lies that they told us, all the footage that's been revealed, all the truth that's been revealed ever since. No police officer died on January 6th. The only people killed on January 6th were Trump supporters. Ashley Babbitt, Roseanne Boylan. And that's why I went to CPAC and led that standing ovation for Ashley Babbitt's mother. I didn't actually realize that she was in the crowd. I knew she was, you know, in attendance at the conference. I didn't realize that she was in the crowd while we were speaking, while we were saying all that. I, I, I appreciate the fact that she came out to, uh, it was me and Cash and Julie Kelly and Amanda uh, Milius. And I'm just so glad that she was there but I, I said, as I always say, I wish that we didn't have to do these things. I wish that January 6th had never happened. I don't think that any of us want these things to happen. I, don't, I wish that we didn't have a regime in charge in Washington, D.C. I wish that we had citizen-led government. I wish that we had an actual republic. But the bottom line is this. Our republic is slipping away from us. You talk about our rights being lost. You talk about the Constitution being lost. Guess what? You can only restore it if you fight. The institution, somebody said this to me the other day. They said, well, Jack, but the institutions are strong. I said, look, it's not about the institutions being strong. It's about the institutions taking over the FBI, the CIA, the DOJ. That's exactly what the Pentagon. That's exactly what we're seeing going on with these January 6 tapes. They used this as a justification to install a regime in Washington, D.C., controlled by the administrative state, controlled by the bureaucrats, controlled by the suits, not controlled by we the people. And that's the problem. That's what we have to fix. And these tapes, when they are released are going to give us leverage. Folks, every single day you see a news story in the news about someone who was the victim of a violent crime. Some of you think you're ready to defend yourself against evil, and the truth is, you might not be. That's only possible if you train. You gotta train often. It's a perishable skill. And inflation is causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, along with gas. 
and getting to the range is not as easy or affordable as it used to be. Thankfully, there is a better way to train with the with your firearm in the comfort and privacy of your own home. It's called iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system develops muscle memory, sight reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger control, and more. Even better, it costs less than a day at the range. Right now, you can save 10% plus free shipping with promo code POSO when you go to itargetpro.com. Simply get yours, download the iTarget app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start training. iTarget comes in most calibers from 9mm to 223, so you can train with almost any firearm. This is the most easiest and cost-effective way to train, and it pays for itself in a single day. So letter I, targetpro.com, itargetpro.com, promo code POSO. Let's talk about how the Cold War between Saudi Arabia and Iran is running hot. These two really don't like each other. You called the Ayatollah Khamenei the new Hitler of the Middle East. If you want to look for a threat, you look at Saudi Arabia. They've been going at it in one way or another for a long time now. Nobody's winning hearts and minds. It's really coming at the expense of ordinary Middle Easterners. Coming from Iranian state media, it appears that Iran and Saudi Arabia have agreed to reestablish ties, diplomatic ties, and reopen embassies in two months' time. With a breakthrough story that could prove to be a turning point in West Asia, a story that could change the region's geopolitical dynamics. Iran and Saudi Arabia, two sworn enemies, are now friends again. That's right. The two arch rivals have agreed to mend ties and put their differences aside. After seven years of hostility, this is a huge development with far-reaching implications. And what makes it even more interesting is the country that has brokered this truce, China. By the way, it's been, been a little bit longer than seven years of hostilities between Saudi Arabia and Iran. I mean, these countries have fought a war together. They've uh, they've done they've they've backed wars at the Iran Iraq War, etc. So um, there there was the oil crisis, the oil tanker wars of the 1980s going into the 90s. So it's a little bit more than just seven years. But this is a huge deal. Saudi Arabia and Iran are now back normalizing relations, and more to the point, who was it? that brokered this deal? Was it the United States? Nope. Was it Russia? Nope. It was the Chinese Communist Party. And why was this done? It's very simple. It comes down to money. It comes down to cold, hard cash. And you know what's on the line here for the United States? The petrodollar. Because I'll guarantee you what's going on right now. A key component, and we've talked about this for years here, go back to all the China specials that we've done. One belt, one road. That's the way you have to understand this. China's dealings with Russia, what do they want in exchange? Oil, gas. China's dealings with Iran, what do they want in exchange? Oil, gas. China's dealings with Saudi Arabia, what do you think they want out of Saudi Arabia? Guess what? The same thing everybody wants out of Saudi Arabia. They want the gas and they want as little terrorism as physically possible. Lock up those guys and keep the barrels flowing. Understand, the reason we talk about Xinjiang, we talk about the Uyghurs, we talk about all that situation in Western China. Why does this matter? Because look at Xinjiang province on a map. Map break. Xinjiang province is located directly adjacent to Pakistan. So what do they want? They want 
the pipelines, they want the railroads, they want the highways that they can build directly over those mountains because they want that flow of oil and gas from Iran, Saudi Arabia, that they are now able to get. They'll put in the, the port right there. They're building a port in Gwadar in Pakistan right now. The CCP is, is under underwriting the entire thing. Why? Because they're going to be able to get it so much faster this way, even than by sea. And you know what else they're not going to have to worry about by sea? The United States Navy, the international law of the sea, all of those different things. They're building their road. And they are going to work together with all of the money they have. Financed by who? Financed by who? Financed by the globalist American empire. Financed by the West. You know that old line that Vladimir Lenin once said? Capitalists will sell you the rope that you use to hang them with. He was right. Because that's exactly what we've done with the Chinese Communist Party. We've given them the wealth. We've given them the assets. They are now using that to stretch the wings of the dragon, the arms of the dragon around the world. And I've said for a long, long time, the best way to deal with this is decoupling. Just completely decouple with them. Don't give them the ability to revalue their currency. You want to do the you want to do something about their currency manipulation. How about we use a little something called tariffs? How about we use a little something called economic warfare? If we don't like the people in Beijing, the answer isn't bombs and missiles. The answer is dealing with them in a way that number one is economically sustainable for us, but number two allows us to revitalize the United States of America. There's a reason that the airports in China look first rate and the airport in LaGuardia, New York looks like the third world. Okay. And pretty much all East coast airports look like this. They're terrible. They're disgusting. I, I grew up in the East coast, right? I'm from the Philadelphia area, Philadelphia airport. You don't want to go in and out of there trash. There's a reason. There's a reason China looks the way it does. And then Philadelphia, Baltimore, Detroit, Chicago, New York, you know the list. We all know the list. Stop sending our money to people who hate us. But hey, people want their big screen TVs. People want all this. And what's going to be the cost? The cost is that the United States of America will no longer be the innovator in the world. We'll no longer be able to basically sustain our own population. We gutted the Midwest. We gutted the South in the name of being consumers. Because guess what? The Midwest don't matter to them. The only time Hollywood shows the Midwest is in a horror movie. From Stranger Things all the way back to Halloween, John Carpenter. You know why? Because they look at the Midwest as rubes. They look at them as flyovers, as rednecks, all this. But you're not. You're just as American as anyone else. And just because you don't talk the same way as people from the coasts, and just because you don't necessarily like to do the same things with your time, that you'd rather go to a NASCAR race instead of a wine bar or for brunch, 
your way of life matters. And in fact, it's probably a lot more similar to the original American way of life. We used to call it the heartland. We used to call this part of America, the America that matters. But those values, because for a lot of reasons, but a lot of it's economically driven, those values are now being lost. And you got people like the Chinese Communist Party that are winning in terms of all of this. So congratulations, CCP. Congratulations. I, oh, seriously, congratulations. Xi Jinping just got all got re you know rehanded all of his all of his titles. And you know what? Congratulations. You've played us for fools. And guess what, folks? They're winning. Doesn't have to be this way. A group of wealthy Catholic conservatives in Colorado has been hunting for gay clergy members so they can out them to church leaders. Washington Post broke this story about the group that has spent millions of dollars to purchase data from dating apps in their search for closeted clergy. The organization called Catholic Laity in Clergy for Renewal is defending this data tracking as a quote unquote service to the church. In a blog post yesterday, the group's president acknowledged buying publicly available data from hookup apps and providing bishops with lists of clergy using the apps. The group's disputes, the Washington Post claimed that the focus was exclusively on gay priests. They say they were trying to track down any priests using the hookup apps. The Post reports that one of the wealthy philanthropists behind this group is Tim Riker, who lost a Republican primary in the 7th Congressional District last year. The Catholic Foundation of Northern Colorado, which works with the Archdiocese of Denver to manage donations, has given the group that's hunting gay clergy at least $400,000, according to tax documents. The Archdiocese declined to comment today. More of this. Offense, offense, offense. No more defense. So this is broken by the Washington Post. The group is called the Catholic Laity and Clergy for Renewal. Now, I do have a problem with this. I'm going to explain exactly what that problem is. The problem is you're only doing this in Colorado, and it needs to be done nationwide. This is exactly what Pope Benedict warned us about in his final book about the American clergy. These are priests that are breaking their vows. These are priests that are not living up to their frock. These are priests that are using their positions and the positions within their parishes for fraud. These priests need to be outed and they need to be dealt with. Mark Bauman, John Martin, Tim Reichert, According to the Washington Post, in public records, they have audio of their nonprofit's president discussing their mission and other documents. They're saying they're going to locate the individuals and they're going to use this. No U.S. data privacy laws prohibit the sale of this data. The group's aim is to empower the church to carry out its mission by giving bishops evidence-based resources with which to identify weaknesses in how they train and recruit priests. Jade Hendricks would agree to, so the group's leader has said that they will agree to an interview soon. And they put out, they put out a 
statement on firstthings.com. And it says this, The purpose of our group is to love the church and to help the church to be holy with every tool she should be given, including data. The group has done other research in addition to the analysis of dating and hookup apps. Folks, this is the way. This is simply the way. <laughs> and they're saying this, they're absolutely right. This is, these behaviors are damaging to the church. They're damaging to the reputation of the Catholic church. They're damaging to the reputation of my church, my family's church. This has been our church for as long as we've had family, as long as our family has existed. This has been our church. Generations of my family all the way back. We're going to fight for it and we're going to fix it. We're going to fix these issues. We're going to fix them immediately. Because this fraud, these infiltrators. Now look, look, by the way, by the way. This is still the Catholic Church. That means we offer redemption. That means we offer salvation. Well, Christ offers salvation. My point is this. Everyone's a sinner. I'm a sinner. We're all going to be sinners. But in this situation, you have people that are in positions of authority within the church that are using their positions to perpetuate fraud. And because of that, because of that, perhaps it's best that they don't be priests anymore. Again, this is not necessary. This is not just priests who are gay. This is priests that are on gay hookup apps. What do you think the point of those is? These are one night stand apps. And I've talked about them. I've talked about these kind of apps for, for straight couples and every couple out there. But these are one-night stand apps. These are sex apps. That's the entire point. How many times do I say this? You can order your sexual partner of the night from a piece of glass in your hand. Your food you can order, your, your entertainment, and your sexual pleasure. Does that sound like something that the Bible would want? Or does that sound like something out of Sodom and Gomorrah? I think we all know the answer. And so here's the way to deal with it. The way to deal with it is you ask these priests to resign and you ask that they seek redemption. Go to confession. Confess your sins. Seek atonement. Pray your rosary every day. As simple as that. It's really as simple as that. And if you've broken your vows, then you have to go through a process. But you definitely shouldn't be in a parish and you certainly, most certainly, should not be around children, all right? Be very, very clear about that. And we've seen the numbers, by the way, and I'll do the numbers all day long about how, yes, there are more school teacher pedophiles in this country today that have been convicted far more than any priests ever. But like I say all the time, it is my job to hold my own people accountable. Because I have leverage over my own people. That's why I will be critical of conservatives. That's why I'll be critical of people on my side who are in positions of power. And in this case, as a Catholic, 
And as, as somebody who I, you know, I'm, I'm public about being a Catholic. I talk about being Catholic, constantly urging people to go to Latin mass, right? Ian Crossland, when we're down in, in Austin for the Minds Convention this April, you and I are going to Latin mass, Ian. Don't forget that. We're going. Apparently, we're also going to be doing a song together. Um, but look, this is my group. This is my people. And so if I'm doing anything with my platform, then I'm absolutely going to be do that, going to be doing that to correct these errors, to correct this sin and to support groups. Find the name again, the Catholic lady and clergy for renewal. I hope they get millions and millions more in donations, and I'd be proud to support them. Great work, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.